Section 49 of the Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Davis. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 49. September 12, 1784, to February 7, 1785. New Jersey, Sunday the 12th. Preached at Penny Hill and afterward at New Mills. I have been kept in peace, but find my adversary is not dead. Neither am I out of the body, or what I may be, or must be, before I see the kingdom of God. O my soul, keep near to God, and always watch and pray. Monday, the 13th. I was weak and feverish, sorely tempted, and much comforted. I walked over to John Budds, a son of affliction. We spoke of the dealings of God with our own souls, not in vain. We prayed and parted in love. Two things seemed to dim my prospects of heaven. In point of qualification, first, I do not speak enough of God, and secondly, I am not totally devoted to Him. Lord, help me come up to my duty. Sunday the 19th. I spoke at P.C.'s and at Godfrey's in the evening. I cannot sufficiently praise God for health while others are sick in almost every house. I have felt great nearness to God for a few days past. Tuesday the 21st. I was tried when I missed my way, but I was blessed in speaking to the people. It is a great time of sickness with the ague of fever. Thursday the 23rd. I found a dearth at Haddonfield. A poor sot came in and muttered a while. After meeting he acknowledged he was a sinner and seemed sorry for his conduct, drunk as he was. Saturday, the 25th. I was weary and faint as I journeyed towards Philadelphia. After preaching twice in the day, I was refreshed by a glass of wine and a piece of bread. Delaware, Saturday, October 2nd. I preached in our new chapel at Dover, in the state of Delaware, on faith, hope, charity, at Barnett's, I believed I was alarming on Isaiah 3, 10, and 11. I was moved in the evening towards the boys to school at seas. I spoke till they wept aloud. O oh my God, their parents fear thee. Bring them home with them to thyself. Maryland, Thursday the 7th. I rode in the afternoon to Queen Anne's, visited and prayed with B. Ellis in affliction and was persuaded God would spare him. Poor F. is overtaken by the adversary, and R. is going astray. Alas, how are the mighty fallen! Friday the 8th came to Angiers. Here they had the flux, but I did not feel free to leave the house until I had delivered my message. My testimony was low, but serious and weighty. Wednesday the 13th. At Hopper's, the congregation was large indeed, 
I was greatly at liberty, and I hoped the seed was not all lost. Here I met with Brother Gerritsen. All love and peace. Thursday, the 14th. I rode 20 miles to visit Kent Island for the first time. Here we had an unusual collection of people, and surely all was not in vain. We had a good time at Newcomb's. The word of God was greatly triumphed over the prejudices of rich and poor. We went on to Cambridge. Here George, a poor Negro in our society, we found under sentence of death for theft committed before he became a Methodist. He appeared to be much given up to God. He was reprieved under the gallows. A merchant, her cursed the Negro for praying, died in horror. I pity the poor slaves. Oh, that God would look down on mercy and take their cause in hand. Wednesday the 20th. I was distressed by the levity of some spirits. We had a long ride to Taylor's Island. We had a profitable season there, and next day, going 24 miles, to Todd's, I found a warm people indeed. I injured myself by speaking too loud. Saturday, the 23rd, rode 30 miles to Mr. Aries. Preaching, by the way, he had a great time, multitudes attended. Dorset is now in peace, and the Furies are still. Sunday, the 24th. This day has been so much taken up that I had no time to spare. My mind is with the Lord, and every day is a Sabbath with me. Here, B.T., who was a great churchman after hearing F.G. a second time, was seized by conviction on his way home and fell down on the road and spent great part of the night crying to God for mercy. It was suggested to him that his house was in fire. His answer was, It is better for me to lose my house than my soul. Virginia, Sunday the 31st. We rose early and rode 20 miles to Downings. I lectured at Burton's in the evening. Monday, November the 1st. After riding 20 miles to Colonel Paramore's, I preached with liberty. The family is kind, the father, mother, son and niece, have tender impressions. The people hereabouts are gay, blind in spiritual matters, well-featured and hospitable, and good livers. Tuesday the 2nd, after preaching at Gerritsen's Chapel, I rode to Colonel Burton's and was kindly received. Friday the 5th, I came back to Colonel Burton's, since they went from his house, I have ridden about 100 miles, spent five hours delivering five public discourses, and ten hours in family and public prayer, and read 200 pages in Young's works. I have enjoyed great peace and hope to see a great and glorious work. The Presbyterians came down here about 30 years ago. Many were moved, and some advances were made towards a reformation. A house was built for public worship. About six years past, the Baptists visited these parts, and there was some stir among the people. I think the Methodists are most likely to have permanent success, because the inhabitants are generally Episcopalians. We preached some time before any regular circuit was formed, or any people had joined us. Now Brother Willis is stationed here, 
and there are one hundred in society. The land here is low and level, and is refreshed with fine breezes from the sea. There is an abundance in the productions of the earth and of the waters. The people are generous, social, and polished in their manners. Saturday the 6th came to Downings and had a large congregation for the time and place. I see a difficulty in saying anything of any denomination of people. It is so much like evil speaking to mention their faults behind their backs. I will avoid it and endeavor to prevent others doing it in my presence. Maryland, Sunday the 7th. I rode twelve miles to Snow Hill. Here the judge himself opened the courthouse, and a large congregation of people of different denominations attended. The subject was the certainty, universality, and justice of God's proceeding at the Day of Judgment. Sunday the 14th. I came to Barrett's Chapel. Here, to my great joy, I met these dear men of God, Dr. Coke and Richard Watcote. We were greatly comforted together. The doctor preached on Christ, our wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Having had no opportunity of conversing with them before public worship, I was greatly surprised to see Brother Watcote assist by taking the cup in the administration of the sacrament. I was shocked when first informed of the intention of these my brethren in coming to this country. It may be of God. My decision then was, if the preachers unanimously choose me, I shall not act in the capacity I have hitherto done by Mr. Wesley's appointment. The design of organizing the Methodists into an independent Episcopal church was opened to the preachers present, and I was agreed to call a general conference to meet at Baltimore the ensuing Christmas, as also that Brother Gerritsen's go off to Virginia to give notice thereof to our brethren in the South. Delaware, I was very desirous the doctor should go upon the track I had just been over, which he accordingly did. I came to Dover and preached on Ephesians 5.6, was close and I hope profitable. Maryland, Tuesday the 16th, rode to Bohemia where I met with Thomas Vassey, who came over with the doctor in our Watcote. My soul is deeply engaged with God to know his will in this new business. Wednesday the 17th. Rode to quarterly meeting at Deer Creek, thence to Dr. Goff's to Baltimore. I preached in the evening to a solemn people on, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. About the ending of the sermon, the floor of the house gave way, but no injury followed. Tuesday the 23rd, we rode 20 miles to Frederick quarterly meeting, where Brother Vasley preached on, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Our love fest was attended with the power and presence of God. Leaving Frederick, I went to Calvert quarterly meeting. Brother Pythras and myself had much talk about the new plan. At our quarterly meeting, we had a good time. The love fest was in great life and power. I admire the work of God among the colored people in these parts.
Friday the 26th. I observe this day as a day of fasting and prayer, that I might know the will of God in the matters that are shortly to come before our conference. The preachers and people seem to be much pleased with the projected plan. I myself am led to think it is of the Lord. I am not tickled with the honor to be gained. I see danger in the way. My soul waits upon God. Oh, that He has led us in the way we should go. Part of my time is, and must necessarily be, taken up with preparing for the conference. Tuesday, the 30th. I preached with enlargement to rich and poor on that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. The Lord has done great things for these people. The Reverend M. W. and myself had an interesting conversation on the subject of the Episcopal mode of church government. I spent the evening with D. Weems and spoke to the black people. Saturday, December 4th, rode to Baltimore and preached on Mark 14, 29, and 30, with freedom. I spent some time in town, was greatly grieved at the barrenness of the people. They appear to be swallowed up with the cares of the world. Sunday the 12th, at the point my heart was made to feel for the people, while I enlarged on, blessed are the pure in heart, etc., I was close and fervent in town at four o'clock. A young man pushed the door open while we were meeting the society. He was carried before a justice of the peace and committed to jail, but he was bailed out. Tuesday the 14th. I met Dr. Koch at Abingdon, Mr. Richard Dallam kindly taking him there in his coach. He preached on, He that hath the Son hath life. We talked of our concerns in great love. Wednesday the 15th. My soul was much blessed at the communion, where I believe all were more or less engaged with God. I feel it is necessary daily to give up my own will. The doctor preached a great sermon on he that loveth father or mother more than me. Saturday the 18th. Spent the day at Perry Hill, partly in preparing for conference. My intervals of time I passed in reading the third volume of the British Armenian magazine. Continued at Perry Hill until Friday the 24th. We then rode to Baltimore, where we met a few preachers. It was agreed to form ourselves into an Episcopal church and to have superintendents, elders, and deacons. When the conference was seated, Dr. Koch and myself were unanimously elected to the superintendency of the church, and my ordination followed after being previously ordained deacon and elder, as by the following certificate may be seen. Know all men by these presents, that I, Thomas Koch, Doctor of Civil Law, late of Jesus College, in the University of Oxford, Presbytery of the Church of England, and Superintendent of the Methodist Episcopal Church in America, under the protection of Almighty God, and with a single eye to His glory, by the imposition of my hands and prayer, being assisted by two ordained elders, did on the 25th day of this month, December, set apart Francis Asbury for the office of a deacon in the aforesaid Methodist Episcopal Church, and also on the twenty-sixth day of the said month, did by the imposition of my hands and prayer, 
being assisted by the said elders, set apart the said Francis Asbury for the office of elder in the said Methodist Episcopal Church. And on this twenty-seventh day of the said month, being the day of that date thereof, by the imposition of my hand and prayer, being assisted by the said elders, set apart and said Francis Asbury for the office of the superintendent in the said Methodist Episcopal Church, a man whom I judge to be well qualified for that great work. And I do hereby recommend him to all whom it may concern as a fit person to preside over the flock of Christ, in testimony whereof I have hereto set my hand and seal this twenty-seventh day of December in the year of our Lord, 1784. Thomas Cook Twelve elders were elected and solemnly set apart to serve a society in the United States, one for Antigua and two for Nova Scotia. We sent the whole week in conference, debating freely and determining all things by a majority of votes. The doctor preached every day at noon, and some one of the other preachers morning and evening. We were in great haste and did much business in a little time. Monday, January 3rd. 1785. The conference is risen, and I have now a little time for rest. In the evening I preached in Ephesians 3, 8. Being the first sermon after my ordination, my mind was unsettled, and I was but low in my own testimony. Tuesday the 4th. I was engaged preparing for my journey southward, rode fifty miles through frost and snow to Fairfax, Virginia, and got in about seven o'clock. Virginia, Thursday the 6th. We had an exceedingly cold ride to Prince William, little less than 40 miles, and were nearly two hours after night in getting to Brother Hale's. Friday the 7th. I had a calm day. I had Brother Hickson for my companion. He passed Farquhar Courthouse, came to the north branch of Rappahannock, which we found about waist-high, and frozen from side to side. We pushed the ice out of the track which a wagon well for us had made and got over safe. Pursuing our journey, we came to a little ordinary kept by one whitehead. Here were some wagoners at cards in the front room. This did not prevent us having prayers in the one adjourning. We slept in peace and had only nine shillings and sixpence to pay in the morning. Saturday the 8th, rode to Brother Fry's to dinner, where I met with Brother Willis, who had stopped there on his way to the conference. Sunday the 9th, we read prayers, preached, ordained Brother Willis deacon, and baptized some children. I feel nothing but love. I am sometimes afraid of being led to think something more of myself in my new station than formerly. Tuesday the 11th. In the morning I discovered that my horse was very lame. After some time we grew better. The adversary tries to get me into a fretful spirit. Our journey was attended with some difficulties, but I do not murmur. I had dreaded the ice in James River, but were crossed with the greatest ease. We directed our course to Stanton River, and here we waited some time at Hunt's Landing. Mr. Hunt was so kind to insist on our staying with him, and we were tired enough to want rest. 
I lectured in his family night and morning. Saturday, the 15th, preached and administered the sacrament at Royster's Church, then rode to Brother Phillips, where I was pointed on Revelation 17.14. Sunday the 16th, although there was only a probability of my coming, a few people met at Dobbs' store, where I preached with some life on John 3.19-21. Tuesday the 18th, Brother Willis was ordained elder at Carter's Church. The Lord was with us in this, the sacrament and the love fest, and all was in life. North Carolina, Thursday the 20th. My horse was lame. I rode with patience to A. Arnett's and was blessed. We rejoiced in the Lord together. Friday the 21st. After preaching at Thompson's and baptizing some children, we set out for shorts. Traveling onward, we came to a creek. It was so dark by this time that we could not find the ford. We rode back a mile and engaged a young man who undertook to be our guide, but he himself was scarcely able to keep the way. We rode with great pain to Wagner's chapel, and after pushing on through deep streams, I had only nine hearers. This was owing to the carelessness of the person who should have published the notice of our coming. Saturday, the 23rd, I had about a hundred hearers, to whom I spoke of Joshua 24:15. We lodged with F.C., who was very kind. Although he could afford but one bed for three, the horses fared well. Next morning we set off and came to Old Town instead of Salem. By the evening we reached Brother Hills on the Yadkin Circuit. Thus far the Lord has led me on, and I will still hope to get along according to appointment. Friday the 28th, my horse being unfit to travel, I borrowed another and went on 17 miles to Fisher's River, where I met with a few poor people. Thence we rode through the barren mountains and crossed the frequent rivers in our course and came to W's. Next day I preached at Hetty's and rode on to Hindern's in Wilkes County. Here we were kindly entertained, although there were few people to preach to. Nothing could have better pleased our old church folks than the late step we had taken in administering the ordinances. To the Catholic Presbyterians it also gives satisfaction, but the Baptists are discontented. Thursday, February 3rd, rode 20 miles to Witherspoons. Here was a large assemblage of people, some to pay and receive taxes, some to drink and some to hear me preach. I gave them a rough talk on Revelations 2, 5-8. through 8. From this place we rode to Allen's. The people here are famous for talking about religion, and here and there is a horse thief. Sunday the 6th. Yesterday, some were prevented from offering their children to God by baptism by a zealous Baptist. Today, Brother Willis spoke on the right of infants to baptism. Our opposer soon took his leave. Monday the 7th. I preached at Ellsbury's and rode 21 miles to Morgan Bryan's. The weather has been cold and uncomfortable. I have ridden on the horse I borrowed nearly 300 miles in about nine days. End of 
Section 49. Read by Greg Davis.